0: Welcome to Through the Line, the Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Barjury. In this episode, I'm chatting with Dan Ince, who runs an agency called Brandwork Social. But Dan wasn't always an agency guy. He used to work for Heinz and Cadbury's, Mr. Kipling, Ambrosia and a raft of other household FMCG brands before he made the shift to consultancy and eventually agency. And Dan joins me to look at, explore and unpack the difference in perspective between agency marketeers and client-side marketeers. And we look at topics around proposals and briefing and personal branding and all that good stuff. If you'd like to explore the difference between agency life and brand life, you're in the right place. I hope that you enjoy the show. Dan, good afternoon. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm good, thanks, Andy. It is, uh, it's it's winter. It's December. Uh, maybe I'm breaking the cost of living crisis, but I've got the heating turned up, so um, I'm in quite a pleasant environment here, actually. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Well,
0: there's nothing wrong with the heating as long as you can afford to pay the bills afterwards. Yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's the worrying bit. Dan, I've known you. I was thinking earlier on about how long I've known you for, and I couldn't remember how long it's been. But I think we first met at a networking event organised by uh, Drive Tribe, didn't we? Mm,
1: yes, that's right.
0: And we kind of, because we are both marketeers, it typically happens in a room at networking, the marketeers do tend to find each other somehow, don't they? And, yeah. <laughs> and we got chatting and I think we've been in touch ever since and we did a little bit of work together a few years ago mm. in an agency procurement way, trying to help one of your clients to, to hire a good agency and that seemed to go off quite well. Yeah. But one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show is because you're in an interesting position, having been at some pretty big brands, and I'm going to let, name a few as kind of head of marketing at Jordan's cereal, I think, or Dorset yep. cereals and Jordans, Both. yeah, Mister Kipling, Patax, Ambrosia, yeah, the list of kind of FMCG brands goes on. It's a pretty impressive CV, isn't it? And then when we met, you just kind of shifted into that consultancy gear. And more recently, you've moved yourself into running your own social media agency. And I think in marketing, there's that interesting dynamic, that relationship between brand side marketeers and the agency world that sometimes is great and smooth and very uh, effective and sometimes not so much. And as someone that's been on kind of both sides and also acted as a consultant, I thought it could be quite interesting to explore the different dynamics. Help us to understand our colleagues a little bit better. How, how does that sound?
1: <laughs> no, that sounds good. That sounds good. And, and and you're right. It's definitely different. One big difference that I'm I'm very acutely aware of these days is words that will so often come out of uh, a client side marketeer's mouth. And I used to do this all myself as well. Are, <laughs> could you just send me a proposal?
0: Oh, um, yes.
1: So easy to say, or, or would you like to pitch for this work? So easy to say yes. as a client-side marketeer and as a consultant and now agency-side marketeer, you realise those words are words to be feared. <laughs> um, so I'll be honest, in, in terms of you know client-side, I would very happily ask people for proposals and so on. Agency-side, I probably work quite hard to avoid doing proposals as much as i can yes simply because you'll you'll know this from your own experience you can end up putting a huge amount of time and effort into a proposal because you, you're doing all the thinking right just in that proposal alone and i'm a little loath to spend a lot of time doing all of that thinking laying out exactly what i would do and how i would do it before i know whether we're going to be doing it um so that that's definitely one thing I try to avoid, um, yeah. I, is very, very different.
0: I think that's really important because there is a bit of a, a acknowledgement that that process for pitching or proposal writing is a bit broken, isn't it? At least from an agency perspective. And I, I'm not sure it's that effective from a client perspective either, unless it's a really well-run, clear process. But yeah. that, can you just write me a proposal, is a massive one, isn't it? And I, I don't think as... Client-side marketeers, you really understand what that means to an agency.
1: No, and and also I think as a client-side marketeer, at times, and I can say this because I've been there, we've all been there, you know that the work you put out to an agency is only as good as the brief, right? Quite often, rather than spending the time to write the brief yourself, it's a bit of an easy win to... Shuck a few thoughts the agency way and ask them to write the proposal because they'll effectively write the brief for you to a degree in feeding it back or at least give you something you can critique. Um, <laughs> and it just makes me realise that actually, if there's if there's one thing at the heart of all of this, whether you're client side or agency side. That clear brief, you know, where are you? What are you are trying to achieve? What does good look like? You know what we're we trying to do here. That clear brief is really, really key. And I must admit, even now with my agency hat on, the first conversation we have with all of our potential clients when we're talking about social media is we grill them. I mean, I I was chatting with someone just earlier, and I'm like, if you don't mind me asking, what's your proposition? He explained. I said, great. If you don't mind me asking, how's that different from all of the other photographers doing, insert the same thing he said his proposition was? At which point the poor guy was a bit like, I'm like, well, we can work on that and we can develop it and we can build it and we can refine it. But whichever way you look at it, in any market, in any industry, there's a multitude of people who do something broadly similar to you. So what's going to make you stand out?
0: Mm.
1: And quite often with the smaller businesses we work with, the thing that makes people stand out is them. It's their kind of approach, their way. It's their way of doing things that make it stand out which made the conversation earlier even more challenging because he didn't really want to show himself. He wanted the brand to be the front. And I'm all for that. But when you're talking with a smaller business, quite often the brand and you are somewhat interchangeable. Yes. Yeah. And your secret sauce is often you and who you are and how you do things, your background, all of that good stuff. So let's go back, because your photographer
0: prospective client sounds typical of a, of a small business. But let's go mm. back to that piece you said there around briefing, because mm. I ran a piece of research. I might have pitched it to you before, actually, Dan, to, to be honest, where we looked at client and agency relationships. And I did this with uh, Joe Glover from the mm. marketing meetup. And one of the things that we discovered in that piece of research was that agency-side marketeers really value the brief. It was, yes. I think, their... Second, maybe first, most important piece of the com- communication with a client, whereas client-side is it ranked as their fifth most important factor, a good brief. So that really, what you've said there, marries up to that, doesn't it? You know, it's kind of, I took a few ideas down, push it over to a bunch of agencies, and, and by quizzing me in that process, they'll refine the brief for me. And probably what I'll do yeah. by talking to two, three, four, five different agencies is each time I get a new good idea, that'll craft the the, the brief that goes to all the others as well. And before it, you know it, I've got a kind of brief by consensus.
1: It, it, exactly. And I'm not saying it's right, um, but I think that happens an awful lot. I mean, I must admit, one of my one of my mantras when I was client side was always and I kind of drilled this into my marketing team was to really, really try not to let the agency kind of craft the brief for you because you can understand why client-side marketeers might rank it lower than agency, absolutely understand why agency rank it, it, it kind of pretty much number one. Um, but you think about all the time, all the effort, all the money spent um, with agencies. If as the client-side marketeer, you've not spent a bit of time to really try and sweat it and really getting under the skin of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. Then even if you take the approach of ask the agency some questions and get their feedback, it's still a bit flawed. And it's, you know, I always come back to kind of garbage in garbage out. Mm. So the tighter and clearer we can have the brief defined, a, the easier the agency's life is, but also what it gives you as the client side marketeer is when you're then looking at the work, whether it's creative or what have you, you've got something to judge it back against. So graphic design, right, is, is always an interesting one insofar as people wrongly, in my view, assume, A, they'll kind of know it when they see it. Yes. And B, that graphic design agencies should be asked to put some ideas together and then the client will kind of pick what they feel is right. Whereas my approach has always been to really, really, really define the brief and detail in the brief what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. Then judge the creative you get back, because I don't know what it's going to look like, but judge the creative you get back against the brief. Does it meet the brief? Mm. If it meets the brief, the creative is doing the right job. If it doesn't meet the brief, it's obviously not. But if the creative comes back and you personally don't like the colour purple, that's got nothing to do with it yeah i
0: agree there are graphic designers all over the country absolutely delighted with that uh, perspective there because so often the feedback you get is a personal judgment as opposed to reflection as to whether the the piece of design matches the brief Uh, i'm a huge believer if you're going to hire someone to do a job hire the right person who you can trust to do it well and then trust them to do it well and i think in design that's one of those areas that people tend to get frustrated because they probably get a lot of feedback and a lot of micromanagement from people that don't yeah. really know design.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, and I've always taken the view that, you know, as client back in the day and, and as a consultant these days and I'm, you know, working with graphic design agencies on behalf of my clients. I always take the view that our job is to make sure the brief is super clear about what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve. The agency's task is to grill us and make sure we're absolutely on point. But then their task is to show what that looks like creatively. Mm. Our job is then to judge it against the brief, see whether they've met it or not. Not, and it is difficult, but not to come back with subjective comments, whether, you know, from ourselves or or from the end client as well. Mm. So, yes, we always try and operate with a really clear, clear as possible brief to try and minimise scope creep, subjectivity, You know, all of those things that agencies hate for, you know, the obvious right reasons. I
0: think they're deadly for agencies and they're deadly for client side marketeers as well. You know, and and I think the value in writing a good brief from a client side marketeers perspective is to write a good brief. You've really got to understand the business problem. You've really got to mapped out what your strategy is Yeah, because you can't do it otherwise. So it forces you to think a little bit harder before you go out to the market. Uh, marketing agency landscape and and look for a solution that you might not already know you might go in a different direction
1: yes yeah and I, and I'm all for once you've got that clarity of the brief I'm all for the agency then coming back and saying well we hear what you're saying we're reflecting something back but what about this what about that what about the other you could move in a different direction it's going to build absolutely but ultimately make sure your thinking is clear first because you've got a good platform that they can then build upon and add value to rather than the lazy way of going. I'll give them a a verbal brief and let's see what they come back with. You hear it time and time again and it's wrong. Yeah,
0: it is. Okay. Briefing. We know briefing is one of those kind of hotspots that that has an impact on client agency relationships, but what else? What's another big difference other than briefing? Where, where are there other bits that you think, You know, I've got a different perspective on this because I'm agency now and I used to be client. And
1: I think the other big difference for me, this people might listen to this and think, well, you know, it's obvious or might find it weird is. When I was client side. I was responsible for the marketing of soup, Cadbury Mini Rolls, whatever it might be, that 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 was the brand. Suddenly, as a consultant and now an agency owner with Brandwork Social. Actually, the brand, takes Brandwork Social as a great example, the brand and me are kind of one and the same. And all of a sudden, while within that agency, I'm doing marketing for clients, for other people. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I now need to do my own marketing for myself and for Brandwork Social. Um, So I know that's bleeding obvious when you think about it. You've gone from client side where your responsibility is. You've got a brand that exists. And that's your job. That's what you're marketing. Suddenly you're in an agency world and you're like, okay, so I'm doing marketing for my clients. That's what I do. But actually for my clients to find me, engage with me, resonate with me, understand that I'm the right fit. Oh, I have to market myself and my business in order to achieve that. And and that's a journey, right? That's a journey. Like a lot of people, I stepped out of that corporate world into running my own business. And to begin with, it was easy because I knew a lot of people, had a good network, got lots of referrals. But there comes a point, you must have seen this yourself, Andy, as well, there comes a point where you're like, okay, that's working to a degree, but I need to reach other people. I want to scale faster. I want to help people in maybe a slightly different sector. How do I find a way of marketing marketing myself and my business in a way that's going to resonate with that target customer because they don't know me yet <laughs> and that is like a whole another learning curve
0: well I, I when I first started to be a consultant I remember I called up one of my old clients which was the you know, the time a PR director for Xerox and I said look I'm going to be doing this on my own and you want to have a coffee he said yeah sure so he met up had a coffee and immediately I got my first contract and I thought this is Ooh. absolutely a piece of cake yeah. So then I thought, well, I better find an office space. And I went somewhere where they were renting some desks out and I looked around and he said to me, what are you going to be doing? "Oh, I'm going to be working as a marketing consultant. He said, brilliant. I need one of those. You can work for me. I thought, I've had two conversations and I've already got my business off the road, up and running. This is a piece of cake. I, well, how can I not do this? <laughs> and then, of course, you go through all the conversations with friends and family and your little black book of all contacts. And suddenly yeah. you're no longer finding business quite so easily and that's where you have to take yourself and your own marketing more seriously and you're quite right as a as a client side marketeer that doesn't even come into your vocabulary does it you're just doing the work that the brand needs because you're working for a brand exactly but that's not how it works at all in agency we have a completely different set of pressures
1: yeah yeah I think so I mean what was really beneficial for me is At the time I started as a consultant, I was good friends with um, a guy who had started as a marketing consultant, almost done the same journey as, as me, but two years prior. So he was two years in looking back. Useful. And he gave me lots of great advice, but one particularly good bit of advice that I really kind of listened to. And he said for the first two years, he said, stuff might magically appear at your feet, like it clearly did for you, Andy. You were obviously one of the lucky ones. I wasn't quite so lucky. (laughs) Um, He said, stuff might magically appear at your feet. Great. But whichever way you look at it, be really clear about who you are, what you do, who you do it for, of course, classic marketing stuff. But then equally treat the first two years as I will go and Talk to, have a coffee with, do presentations, do talks, networking, whatever it is that you need to do. Just plug, plug, plug away for the first two years. And he said, think of it like you're feeding a fruit machine with the pound coins. He said, the difference is it will pay out. You just don't know quite when or how. But if you're clear about what you do, who you do it for, and you plug away talking to the right people in the right environment, not every conversation you have is going to magically turn into, oh, great, you can help me. But if you plug away within those two years, it all starts to work. And I must admit that was my experience. So I set about, you know, from the time I started the consultancy, I went and had coffee with everyone and everyone I could and that I'd known from the years before. I mean, I must have spent thousands of pounds on coffee and train I tickets. I think I was perhaps. in that list actually, Dan. I'm pretty... <laughs> at least. Yeah, yeah, you may well that. have been. You may well <laughs> have been. It was like anyone and everyone. And it's like you know, it wasn't how how what can I sell to you, but it was more this is what I'm up to, this is what I'm doing. And I used it as an opportunity to refine what I was trying to achieve in my thinking and kind of my pitch, I guess, to a degree, Mm. while also using it as an opportunity to effectively say, hi, I'm available and this is what I do. And out of all those conversations came opportunities and then referrals. Um, But its I always think of, that kind of marketing piece and networking piece a bit like the kind of ripples on a pond. So you, you know, you'll start with the the immediate close network of people and you'll ripple out. They'll introduce you or make a referral to someone else and you ripple out. And then you see a new networking group and you ripple out. And then you get to the point of social media because you're like, actually I want to get to a wider audience, which obviously social can help you with. And it just ripples, but it's, it's a constant kind of plugging away. Um, Where I see people doing it well is when they're kind of constant and consistent about it. Where I see people struggle a bit more is when they might do a flurry of activity and then they'll get some business and they're busy working on the business. So they're kind of their marketing will go quiet. It's that feast and famine cycle. Marketing will go quiet and then their business piece or projects might kind of quieten up and then they'll go, oh. And to be honest, for the first few years, take social media as an example, I was probably a bit like that. I would use social media to share projects and wins and case studies of stuff we'd done, simply because I kind of got the end of a project. And then I'm kind of saying, hey, we've just achieved this. What's next? And it was probably not till about 2020 when I realized whether I wanted to or not, I needed to use social media in particular as a constant drip feed. Was that to constantly show people what I was up to? Well,
0: I guess there's two things that come into mind there. One, it hit you in 2020. Was that something to do with the pandemic when that came on? Yes. There was no other outlet, was there? Yeah. The other thing, going back on that that importance of networking. Again, let's look at that through the lens of being a client side marketer and an agency marketer. As a client side yeah, marketer, yeah. I'm going there because I want to learn something about marketing that's going to help me do my job better. Yeah. But conversely, an agency person is going there to say, "Oh, I might learn something, but hopefully, I can meet someone who might turn into a client at some point." So, very yeah. different perspective around going to the same activity. Yes. And I think that that pressure that agencies are under to always find new opportunities definitely has an impact on why when where you would go to that kind of networking event and the kind of marketing you'd do for yourself you know going back to that social media theme you talked about there obviously two two years ago it seems bizarre to say two years ago because the pandemic has kind of been a bit of a time warp hasn't it? everyone's lost a bit of time so the last few years have seemed a bit odd because they have been but, you know, that obviously changed everyone's perspective around what and why they needed to do networking and where they would do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, inevitably, a lot of stuff went online. And inevitably, a lot of people who weren't online or weren't using social media platforms before for business suddenly needed to. And, and I was probably no different. So at the start of the pandemic, I was then suddenly doing less big brand consultancy work because. They had their own issues to grapple with. And I started doing more marketing, kind of mentoring for smaller businesses, but they didn't particularly know me. So I needed to find a way to connect with them. And and for me, it's the classic, right, I'm clear about what I want to do and who I want to do it for. Who are and where are my target audience? How can I reach them? Obviously, social media is one channel. Virtual networking is another but I literally looked at the different channels I could use to connect with the right kind of people and made sure I was present, but also present on an ongoing basis. Because you're right, people will go to a networking meeting and that client is looking to learn something. The agency would love to meet a new client and a new yeah, customer. Absolutely. But I don't know if you, but if you go in as an agency with the mentality of who can I pick up today as a new customer, odds are you won't. Whereas if you go in with a view of, How can I interact, engage, build relationships, give value? How can I help somebody else? How can I help? If you go with that approach, it's the same kind of approach I take through social media. If you go with a value add approach, it will lead to things. It Once again, a bit like the fruit machine I was talking about earlier, Mm. sometimes it can just take time. So often I'll talk to people and business owners and they'll say, so if we get active on social media, then we'll get lots of new inquiries. And I explained to them, I, I don't see it like that. I see it as like the fruit machine that you're kind of feeding that will lead to stuff in time, but don't magically assume suddenly people are going to be slipping into your direct messages uh, asking <laughs> yeah. to be a customer because of the post they just saw. In, in my experience, it doesn't work that way. But have I... Have people contact me through social media, asked me to do work for them. We've worked together. We've never met face to face. Absolutely. And that happens today. It obviously, it happened in the pandemic. It still happens now. Do I firmly believe that prospective clients are looking at what we're talking about on social media and how we position ourselves before they make decision whether we're, we're the right kind of people for them? Absolutely. And ultimately. Does. Being active on social media, particularly LinkedIn, as well as other things, networking and referrals, does that help us reach a wider audience and give them a sense of who we are, what we do, how we help people? Absolutely. So I believe it all works. (laughs) I see the evidence, but you can't necessarily go, I put a post out and i got these inquiries. No. uh, For me, it's not that simple. I
0: think that's happened to me once in the last... 10 years where someone said i read your slide in fact i read your slides on slideshare come and do a session for my company at our annual kickoff was like okay perfect yeah and but i have had a few times where someone said oh i listened to your podcast or i heard you speaking to x y and z i think that'd be be a good conversation and that's led to stuff which has been really good kind of feels to me like we're, we're we're viewing this social media as pr you know over the years PR practitioners have had issues in terms of justifying their value because it doesn't necessarily yeah. happen straight away. But as you yeah. say, feeding that, I like that, feeding that slot machine, the, yeah. the one arm bandit with money over time should result in some success. I,
1: I think so. I think but it's like any marketing activity, A, what I always urge people to do is, you know, what, what's the objective? Right. So be really you know, back to the briefing, aren't we? Get really clear about your objective and what you're trying to achieve here. Then think about the channels, the tools, the tactics you might use. And then take action because nothing happens if you don't. Marketing is an action sport after all. But then most importantly, kind of measure and monitor. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, incessantly, but keep an eye on the time, the effort you're putting in and over the time, the engagement, the relationships that you're building and the results that you're getting. But it's for me, it's, yeah, it's back to the fruit machine. It's back to the, you're doing brand building effectively right. for the long haul.
0: But that, that kind of introduced that really interesting term of personal branding, which has been banded around quite a lot over the last few years. The yeah. importance of personal branding. and I, And I think what that's led to is a, a deluge of content, particularly on LinkedIn, of people showing their personal side in an environment where not everyone's that interested. And do you think yep. there's a difference there between what you would do as a as a brand side marketeer versus an agency where you've perhaps got more of a view to using that as a way to attract clients versus just using it as a way to maybe find the next step on the career ladder?
1: Yeah, I think so. So I think for for me, I don't like the phrase personal branding because I think it. It kind of positions this whole um, kind of vacuous selfie kind of culture. But, but as an agency owner, I recognise that our prospective clients could work with any agency, right? Mm. In, in any industry, there's a multitude of different people broadly offering a similar service as, as yourself. And quite often the kind of the secret sauce, the bit that makes you a bit different is kind of you
0: Mm.
1: as that agency owner and and your background and where you come from, what you do and how you do it. So I, I think it's important to share yourself to a degree. But it's about finding a balance. I was talking with, with someone just this morning and they said, I don't like the idea of this is a business owner. He said, I don't like the idea of social media because I'm told I need to build my personal brand. I need to be vulnerable. I need to show pictures of my family and so on. And my perspective to him was actually, I don't believe that that's right. Yeah. I think you need to demonstrate what your business, and your agency is about and your expertise for sure. Show an element of yourself. But decide what you want to share. Yeah. So look, let me be honest. Anyone who follows me on social media has looked at any of my LinkedIn content will know that about a year ago I got a puppy. <laughs> now I refer to him as my marketing assistant. Um, he is much more than that. But I guess if I think about personal stuff, that's probably as personalized as I get. That I'll share a little bit about the puppy, I'll shamelessly share a puppy photo, but I'll always weave his learning into a bit of a marketing story Mm. so I'm using it and weaving it and relating it back I'm not just saying hey I've got a puppy and he's kept me up all night there's kind of a bit of a marketing lesson in there and I think that's where it makes it personal yet relatable but also useful for people whereas simply posting a photo of something which probably should just be on uh, Facebook doesn't feel that it's adding to my business brand let's call it that at all do you
0: think if we, if we phrased it business brand do you think more people would get on board with the idea and we'd see more relevant content
1: i think i think you might actually because i think the problem is as soon as you call it personal brand people assume it's all about them and sharing stuff and and let's be honest nine times out of ten most people aren't really interested in the minutiae of other people's lives right And I don't think it's necessarily going to bring you any more business, which is why you're probably using the social media platform to a degree in the first instance. But I think if you recognize as an agency owner that your agency brand and you are somewhat interrelated, and therefore you are part of that agency brand, then maybe business brand is a good way of describing it. Mm. As I say, I absolutely know that the clients who come to us come to us because of me and who i am and how i am and how i explain things and my background but that doesn't mean they need to know everything about my life nor would they be interested no. it's not so it's it's a balance i agree I think it's
0: a balance. you've got to show some of your personal side absolutely because people mm. not like to know like and trust other people that they're going to work with so i get that it, exactly
1: yeah.
0: exactly so would you say then that that transition then from corporate life to agency life's been a good one <laughs>
1: <laughs> loaded, oh, absolutely! Um, yeah, yeah, loaded question. No, absolutely. I, I, I do not look back. In fact, it's quite interesting that quite often I work with, you know, business owners who are maybe making that transition themselves, and I'm always interested to know whether that, particularly over the last two years, whether that's a, a choice that they genuinely want to make or, or a circumstance that's been put on them. Mm. But for me. Yes, I relish what I do. Not that I didn't before, but I relish what I do every day. I don't know how to describe this, but as a senior marketeer responsible for a big brand, you have a big marketing investment budget. Um, You'll pay quite a bit of money to do the job you do. It feels good. But for me... Talking to prospective clients who I think I can help them, then becoming clients, and actually the performance of the business that I now run, all being driven by me and my effort, my graft. I feel that I've genuinely earned what I'm building there. Mm, it's a bit more. Rewarding. Rather than if I look back at my corporate career, I've done great stuff, I've worked on great brands, but you could argue you've just been custodian of a big brand for a few years mm. and you've tried to make an impact you've tried to make a dent but it's never really yours whereas what i'm now doing and what i'm doing for our clients is mine got you so it's 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 more personal right it's more personal ultimately
0: so being being kind of master of your own fortunes as it were you know you you have a direct impact on your I guess, personal financial well-being, whereas before you might have sold yep. more jars of curry sauce or more chocolate mini rolls or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. It is
1: it, it is more direct. And I think with that comes a huge, great learning curve because there's a whole load of things as an agency owner that you'd have never experienced as a client-side marketeer. So I think that in itself is challenging, but also really interesting. And it can bring as much, if not more, stress at times because it's 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 on you it's on your team it's on your shoulders but for me i i relish that challenge so yeah it's interesting i do not look back to the corporate world in terms of oh would i want to go back client side not not now at the moment Um, one of
0: the conversations i have quite often with marketeers is I think there's real value in somebody having had a a, a bit of a play in both sides. So I've been brand side. I've also been agency side. I think there's real value in that to create a rounded marketeer. Just, I suppose, as, as my kind of last question today is, do you, do you think this is there sense in that? Or do you think it's better to kind of be a bit more pure play? What's your feeling on that?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Actually, my, my view has changed. So when I was a client marketeer, I saw absolutely no benefit. I mean, people <laughs> always talked about it, but I saw no benefit of having sat on both sides because my view as a client marketeer was, well, the agency world's very different. They don't own the brand like we do. You know, they just you know dabble if we give them permission to work on a project. Um, it sounds a little bit damning. I don't mean it to sound that damning. But at the time, I wasn't interested. And And interestingly enough, Having set up my consultancy in 2016, I might have talked to you about this, actually, Andy, at the time. I never had an intention to build an agency. I was very clear. I did not want to build an That's agency. That's right. Yeah, you did. Whereas you fast forward to where I now am. I'm busy building an agency, but I'm building an agency in the way I want it to work and, and the model that I want to achieve. So now I absolutely see the benefit, A, from a rounded marketeer, but also just from a a learning and experience side Mm. of things. At the time as a client marketeer, I was probably a bit arrogant like we all were and therefore didn't see the benefit, whereas now more so, I guess in part because I've been able to see both sides. Yeah,
0: that's my feeling as well is that I think if you can get some experience on both sides, that would certainly help you to be a nicer marketeer certainly some of the clients i've worked with over the years that have beaten us up and treated us badly i think they really ought to spend some time in agency and just see the impacts of the decisions that they're making the way particularly the way sometimes junior staff in agency are treated i think um i've seen yeah. some really poor behavior from client side over the years but yeah. equally i've seen bad behavior in agencies as well and uh, yeah of course
1: <laughs> but, you know the you know you'll get bad behavior anywhere i I, I think that we always say as marketeers, you know what you always want to be able to do is to step into your your customer shoes right and really kind of understand what things like in their world and I think a client marketeer who's spent time in agency or vice versa, if you think about the fact that they have a you know a customer supplier relationship, I think actually there's real benefit for a marketeer having stood in both places because they will have a more rounded view. They will understand the implications of, could you just send me a proposal? (laughs) They will consider things a little bit more. They will have a sense of maybe how far and fast they could push an agency um, and vice versa. So I think spending time in a different pair of shoes is always useful because it gives you a more rounded perspective. And I think when we work with clients today, the fact that I can talk from a, big brand perspective a client side perspective an agency owner perspective a kind of a small business owner perspective I kind of get it then it makes it easier for me to engage and resonate with them and understand their challenges because I've been there
0: Mm, absolutely
1: and I think that's what makes the difference then in terms of the value you can add and how you can help people yeah
0: Dan, thanks for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed talking to you and exploring the differences between client side and agency marketeers. I think it's important that both sides walk a mile in the other's shoes to really get that true understanding of the impact of of what they're saying. Dan, if folks want to chat to you more at Brandwork Social, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Best way, uh, dare I say, is connect with me on LinkedIn um, because I'm there a lot um so drop me a message through linkedin connect with me and there's links there to my you know my email if people want it and my website as well but linkedin is is is, to be honest it's where we hang out these days because that's where we're business to business in terms of the service we provide so that's where our prospective clients are that's the world we live in so yeah check me out there amazing dan thanks so much no problem thanks andy